the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory to Christ. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw a man casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon after to speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. This is the gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Well, we are in the midst of our sermon series called Explore God, where we are taking up the basic questions of life that we all have. The first week, we addressed whether or not life has a purpose. The second week, we addressed whether or not there is a God. Today, we're going to talk about the problem of pain. Now, these questions build on one another, so if you missed either of the first two messages, you can go look on our website, www.ctrfw.org and you can pick up those messages over the course of this week as well as this one today. But suffice it to say that as far as today's topic goes, it's fair to say that the problem of pain is perhaps the biggest obstacle people face to belief in God. The issue goes something like this. If God exists, and if God is good, and if God is loving, then why does He allow people He loves to suffer such great pain? Maybe this slide captures the idea from Epicurus. If God is willing to prevent evil but is not able, then he is not omnipotent. Is he able but not willing, then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing, then whence cometh evil? Is he neither able nor willing, then why call him God? This is the posture of the atheistic mind. And I want to start again as we've been doing by going to our video and seeing about a two-minute clip on different people's perspectives on the problem of evil. You just have to learn from it. I think some people believe it's a test of your faith, but if you don't have a faith to believe in, it kind of makes you wonder why, why is there suffering in this world? Famine and death, that sort of thing. It was a reason why he took them. Uh, maybe he needed some angels up there to protect, protect, to help him in the fight against the devil. A baby is a beautiful, wonderful thing. Why doesn't he want me to have this? I think that bad things are just the way that you see them. Thank God in everything we do. I don't think God does these things to people. I think he has a way of getting us through it. Why would anybody want to create people who do horrible things to each other each and every day? It doesn't make any sense.
people suffer because sometimes they put themselves into it and others just, it just happens to them. When my grandma died, she died of cancer like six years ago. And I remember like when she was like a few days before she passed away, she was like, it couldn't possibly be a God. No one would ever want it. No one would ever want to inflict this pain. Some of the best lessons I've learned in life and the best um, feelings in my heart came from very painful times. I don't think God's sitting there and saying these people are hurting and maybe I should help them or we're, I'm going to pray to this, you know, being and he's going to save me. I don't think that happens. Um, I think he's just there, I guess. <laughs> I'm constantly struggling, I suppose I'll be brutally honest, with uh, suicidal ideation and I find it very miserable often, despite the beauty of the world, to be made conscious in this form. Why? Why, why does it pay? Why, was, why were the little kids shot the other day? I want to know why this happened, but he's showing me that he's here with me, so I suppose the answers will come. It's just I'm going through a journey right now that's painful. and trying to deal with this problem of pain. Because pain and suffering are a real problem. We experience pain and suffering through natural disasters. Great and tragic loss can come through earthquake, fire, and flood. And we ask if God loves us, how can this happen to us? We experience pain through su and suffering through illness. A loved one suffers from cancer and dies or a sudden stroke, a heart attack, or an aneurysm, and we ask, if God loves us, how can He let this happen? We experience pain and suffering through relationships, economic injustice, political oppression, envy, murder, jealousy, strife, anger, and we ask, if God loves us, how can He let these things happen to us? And I don't want to stand here this morning and pretend that I have all of the answers to the intricacies and nuances of the problem of pain and suffering. But there are some things that we do know. And what we do know is enough, not just to provide helpful answers, but to provide hopeful answers. So let's start with what we know. The first thing that we know is that pain and suffering are effects. They're not causes. That is to say, pain and suffering are the result, the result of injury. Injury means a wrong that is done to someone. From the prefix in expressing a negation and the root word jur meaning that which is good or right. An injury, therefore, is the negation of something that is good and right. And the result is pain. And where does injury come from? It has its roots in a deeper reality. The reality called evil. Evil simply means a privation or a perversion of that which is good. As darkness is the lack of light and cold is the lack of heat, so evil is a lack of that which is good. So we can safely say this. Evil is the state or condition which fosters injury. Injury is the act or action which causes pain and suffering. Therefore, pain and suffering are ultimately the result of the presence of evil. So we ask the question, how did it come to be this way? Where does evil itself come from? Well, there's, there's a better question. And the better question is not where evil comes from, but what evil comes through. 
You see, when it comes to the problem of evil, there are three possibilities. The first is this. Either evil exists and God doesn't, and we intuitively know that that doesn't make sense because we can look out in the world and we can see the goodness of God. So the second possibility is that God exists and evil doesn't. But we can clearly see that that doesn't make sense either because we look out into the same world and we see much evil being done. So we come to the third possibility, the one that intuitively makes sense, and we say that both God and evil exist, and now we have something we can work with. Establishing that both God and evil exist, we can now see where evil comes from, or as I said, better said, what evil comes through. And it's not through God. It's through the gift that God has given us. You see, as it turns out, evil comes through the misuse of our free will. And we intuitively know this to be true as well. When love happens in the world, it is because we have rightly used our free will to love. And when evil happens in this world, it is because we have perverted love. We've taken something away from love in some way, and we've acted on those perverted thoughts, which is what we call evil. And the pain and the suffering we experience in this world is primarily the result of the evil acts that we do, the misuse of the gift of free will that we've been given. Renowned theologian G.K. Chesterton was once asked, what is the greatest problem in the world today? And his insightful, incisive answer came in two simple words. I am. I am. Now, having established this cause and effect relationship between pain and evil, we can now turn to God and see what the possibilities are. What could God do concerning the problem of evil in this world? And it turns out there are also three possibilities, three things that God could do concerning the problem of evil in this world. The first thing God could do is simply overlook the problem. He could turn His head as if nothing were wrong. There's no problem here. Everyone go about your business as usual. But we all know the problem with that answer. The problem with overlooking evil is that it deeply offends our sense of justice. When evil happens, we instinctively want it to stop. And that's a good thing. So we come, therefore, to the second option that God has. God can punish evil. And because God is a God of justice, that's exactly what He is doing. This morning we heard Jesus say, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It would be better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to be thrown into hell. And Jesus also said, If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now, friends, we may not like that answer, well, at least for ourselves, right? What we may really like, where others are concerned, is that kind of an answer, but we can't deny that it is the just answer. That is the just answer. And if, there, if we're honest with ourselves, there's something else we have to say, that, that our eye does cause us to sin, And that our feet do cause us to sin. And that our hands do cause us to sin. Please raise your hand if you've lived a perfect life. 
Well, I shouldn't be raising my hand. That was just to see who would take the bait. And now we've reached the most fundamental truth concerning evil. The pain and suffering that we experience in this world, whether it comes through nature, disease, or our own action, all of it comes through the condition that theologians call the fall. It comes through the fall. And the truth that we also don't like to hear is that the story of Adam and Eve is our story. The reason we can't see God on earth like we see each other, the reason we can't talk to God like we talk to each other is that our fellowship with God has been broken. And the cold, hard fact of the matter is that this reality, this problem, is our fault. It's our responsibility. So if you think that pain and suffering is a problem for us, have you ever considered that pain and suffering is a real problem for God also? That before He created anything and everything that has come into existence in His foreknowledge, He already knew that these things were going to happen. All of the natural disasters, all of the disease, all of the 9-11s, He knew all of those things were possible. Because if we were truly going to be free to love Him and to love each other, He had to take the risk, the risk of giving us the gift of free will. And because His very nature is love, He did take that risk. But there's yet a deeper truth still, that God knew what it was going to cost Him to fix the problem. That because He loves us and because He doesn't want us to spend an eternity in hell, He would have to give His only Son to pay the price for the evil that we cause in the world. The Bible says that God made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Let that soak in for a minute. God made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Think about it. Jesus, in eternity past, knew nothing of sin. He lived in perfect communion perfect love with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. Yet because God loved us with an infinite love, He made Jesus to become like us in every way. The Scripture says, in the fullness of time to be born of a woman. The very Son of God placed His feet upon this earth. The very Son of God looked through His eyes at this world. The very Son of God with His hands touched this world. And in his humanity, he thought the things that we think. He was tempted in every way as we are, the scripture says, yet he did not sin. And as he grew, he taught us the nature of God's love. He performed miracles to heal the sick. He raised the dead to life again. And as he claimed to be God, our Savior who was come into the world, what did we do to him in return? We showed him All of the hatred that humanity has. We showed him all of the hatred that humanity has. We mocked him. We spit upon him. We scourged him. And finally, we crucified him on a cross. And can you imagine our Heavenly Father looking down from the heavens upon his innocent Son as he is tortured by every evil act that humanity can do. 
Do you think evil is a problem for God? What would you do in that situation? I know what I would want to do. I would want to rend the heavens and come down and kill every living creature who laid a hand on my son. That's what I'd want to do. And I expect us earthly fathers are probably just like that. Yet God not only allowed it to happen, He caused it to happen. He caused His own Son to pay the price of death so that you and I would not have to suffer that eternal death in hell which a just God is right to allow happen. And that, my friends, becomes God's third option. He could overlook our sin, but that offends our sense of justice. He could punish our sin forever, and He would be justified in doing that. But instead, because of His love for us, He chose to forgive us. He chose to show mercy. He chose to extend grace. He gave His Son to be crucified on a cross for our sake, whipped, beaten, tortured, and torn as the definitive answer to the greatest act of evil humanity has ever known, the crucifixion of the Son of God on the cross of Calvary. And my friends, I'm sorry to say, if that fact alone doesn't move us to run to Him, then may I suggest that we check our spiritual pulse immediately. Pain and suffering are indeed terrible problems, but they are problems caused by evil. Evil that is present in this world, evil that is here ultimately because you and I chose for it to be that way. And let's not fool ourselves along the way. God is allowing us to experience this evil that we chose here on earth in hopes that we won't choose it for an eternity in hell. He's allowing that to happen so that we won't choose it for an eternity in hell. Whereas Jesus says, the worm does not die and the fire is never quenched. If we think God is going to restore this world, we've simply missed the point. He's not restoring this world. He is redeeming us out of it. And the point of the story is this. We have to take responsibility for our part of the problem. And as we do, God will reveal to us the answer. Even Jesus Christ, crucified for our sins, risen from the dead for our salvation. The point, my friends, is look to Him and be saved. So let me close with a well-known quote from C.S. Lewis. Lewis remarks, There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, Thy will be done. And those to whom God says, Thy will be done. All that are in hell chose that for themselves. Without self-choice, Lewis says, there could be no hell. On the other hand, Lewis concludes, no soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek, find, and to those who knock, it will be opened. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen.